0: Welcome to STEM Unplugged, a monthly podcast designed to help you learn about STEM initiatives and to help advance STEM awareness. Now, here's your host, Kelly Green.
1: Thanks for getting connected for this episode of STEM Unplugged. I'm your host, Kelly Green, the Chief Operating Officer of SciTech Institute, a collaborative nonprofit organization making STEM connections in Arizona and beyond. My team member, Claire Conway, is also in the studio today to discuss exploring community engagement in STEM. As our efforts to connect to individuals, organizations, and communities' efforts to build this dynamic STEM learning ecosystem continues, I wanted to highlight that Cox Communications has been a key sponsor of all SciTech Institute engagements. Cox Communications is truly committed to creating more moments of real human connection. They bring people closer to family and friends through technologies that inspired by a culture that puts people first. And they're always working to improve life in the communities that both of our organizations serve. The world-class broadband applications and services are helping create smart homes and smart cities that will bring more comfort, convenience, security, entertainment, and connectivity to those communities. Claire, can you please introduce and welcome Janine Watanabe, is that right, (laughs) to the show?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited to have Janine on today. She is the Director of Network Operations at Cox Communications. Joining Cox in 2006, Janine has held several positions, including Director of Network Operations, Director of Infrastructure, Senior Manager of Application Development, and Project Manager. Currently, Janine is responsible for 27 network engineering facilities and a team of 80 people that deliver Cox Business and Residential Services to their customers. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, we're really excited that we had the chance to schedule this specific show of STEM Unplugged. It's hard to believe that we... Our two organizations have been collaborating for more than a decade. I mean, we're heading into our 13th Arizona SciTech Festival season, and we are really looking forward to our ribbon-cutting event this year on January 21st at STEMFest. Just like last year, we'll be in the Equidome at Westworld of Scottsdale for the Barrett Jackson Auto Collection.
2: We also wanted to take a minute to highlight and celebrate STEM and Innovation Summit that was hosted back in September. A huge thank you to Cox for being such an incredible supporter of SciTech and of that event. It was really exciting to see you all out there with your team members there, with RJ for the opening session. You had a great, super interactive booth at STEM Summit, and we're really excited to continue that engagement with you all.
0: Yeah, we really had a good time. A lot of, I think, six people from my team ended up going, and it was just great to see. The students' reactions as we showed them what we do every day and how STEM can play into a normal, you know, adult working career. So it was it was awesome. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Yeah. I was just gonna mention too that I was telling Claire, this is the first time we really pushed your team to have that type of table and all of your team members every time I walked by. They were they were joking and having a good time and they really were excited that they came in shifts, but they all also got to kind of walk around and see what was happening. So the fact that we were able to expand not just our, your sponsorship, but the interaction with your team members was really a highlight this year. And talking about that, we've started this new opportunity to engage with classrooms, especially after, even during the pandemic, students and families through this digital STEM career day option. And I know you met some of our chief science officers at the event. All of them are truly interested in those STEM career pathways, I don't think they always thought about what Cox Communication offers. So we're really, we would like you, if you um, to share some of those careers that are available at Cox Communications.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have so many of them. I think sometimes people just think of Cox as, you know, their parents' cable company and we're right. so much more than that we have women who work in engineering and we have women who work in construction and women out in our field teams that, you know, go and fix services for both our business customers and our residential customers. They do installations. Uh, we have women in finance. There's so many different opportunities, just depending upon what you're interested in But we use STEM I'd say curriculum, right? But STEM learnings um, in our jobs every day. Every day. When you think about Mm -hmm. something like, you know, for the 27 buildings that I have, how to calculate airflow and air conditioning for 10,000 foot buildings, right? Mm -hmm. With just rows and rows of servers. How do you figure out where to put the cold air? How much you need? There's a lot of math that goes into that every day.
2: Absolutely. And you just kind of touched on a little bit how you're using STEM at Cox, but I'm wondering if you could share as well a little bit about Cox's commitment to investing in STEM in the community and in SciTech Institute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cox Communications has always been a champion of STEM. Much like we connect our customers with their technology needs, we're also a very proud partner with Science Tech Institute and to help continue to connect Arizona's youth with their future through STEM education and awareness. And as a technology company that relies on top talent, we understand the importance of growing our STEM culture and awareness here in Arizona. We're very proud to partner with many organizations throughout the community that help promote STEM education and careers such as SciTech Institute. And we will continue to invest in STEM-focused initiatives so that we can continue to work together to build a strong STEM
1: ecosystem. That's awesome. We're really thrilled that we're growing, like I said, our partnership. And we know that Cox has been even within their own employee network groups, but are there specific opportunities that Cox is focused on growing women in STEM?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We actually have what we call our winter group, uh, which is women in non-traditional roles. And we have about 280 women um, in that group today. And it's a great way to learn about upcoming job opportunities or to get additional training. We do VP coffee talks. We do book clubs. We recently started um, a journaling club that's gone over really well. I think sometimes in the, in the heat of the day, it's uh it's hard to take a moment just to focus on yourself for even an hour. So one hour a month, we have <laughs> a journaling club. Um, we have uh, various employee resource groups. We do a lot of id work across the company and we also have a smart squad, and those uh, people on the smart squad are able to help us deliver uh, new content, whether we're talking about racial inequity and helping people oh, understand cool. how to have that conversation in a workplace or helping people with their individual development plans or various other things like that. But we, we work with uh, women leaders in the organization because, I'm, as I'm sure you know, it's much easier to believe you can do a job or to do something if you see somebody in the job that looks like you who's already being successful at it. So we work really hard to cross-pollinate our um, leaders so different people can get exposure to them and kind of understand what a career path at Cox could look like for them, especially when they're
1: starting out. I think it's really interesting, the book club idea. Claire and I have been brainstorming about starting throughout the ecosystem or maybe even just having book club meetups. So I would <laughs> love to learn more. Uh, that's a really cool idea. I know Literary Society of the Southwest also supported our Little Free Library STEM Kit project, invited me to an author's luncheon. So I really like that you're opening those opportunities to based on interest and again, reflecting on the fact that we barely give ourselves an hour a month. So really important for Cox to really foster that type of environment. That's impressive.
0: Well, oh, thank you. And as I'm sure you know, right, women during the pandemic had it mm-hmm. twice as hard. Not only did we have to try to do our jobs at home, take care of the house and family, put food on the table, but also try to help our kids during their schooling. And, you know, a friend of mine who works for Cox had a kindergartner, a second grader, and a third grader oh my on Zoom all day while she's trying to do her job as well. And its I, I was so happy with our company for the grace that they showed during that time to allow people to do that and work on it successfully. But its um, I think it's important to have a, a community of camaraderie for people who've been through similar situations.
2: Absolutely. I think it's really exciting to hear that you have those opportunities for your employees. And I'm wondering if you could maybe share with our audience a little bit about some of the statistics about women in STEM and really why those things are so important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really amazing to me. I was uh, looking at some research on this and women in general make up 47% of the workforce. However, in the U.S., they only make up 24% of STEM jobs and in the UK, the number's a little worse. It's only 13%. Oh, wow. And overall, according to the UN, only 5% of women worldwide are engaged in STEM learning. Mm-hmm. So when I think about that as a hiring manager, that's very eye-opening to me, right? Trying to find, you want a diverse talent pool so everybody doesn't you know, think and act and solve problems the same way. It's a very small pool to work from when you think about it that way. But the good news is, in um, looking at the integrated post secondary education data systems, the most recent numbers are um, as far as STEM majors are concerned at universities in the US, women make up 45% of that today, which is up from 40% in 2010 and 34% in 1994. So the trend is definitely going yeah. upwards, right? But maybe not as fast as we would all like for it to. So, but there's a long history of women. In education, even at the beginning of public schooling, girls were taught subjects to help them run households, right? To be wives and mothers and be successful at that. Subjects, you know, poetry, music, romance languages, it wasn't focused on STEM. And then home economics came in, typing came in as women were moving towards, you know, some secretarial work as opposed to just staying at home or becoming teachers, But now women's education has really continued to evolve, leading us to women in STEM just being crucial to our economic success going forward, as well as helping women have financial independence as they engage in STEM careers.
1: I think it's a really great point, and I'm glad we're discussing it because there's actually three of us, right? Women, three women in STEM on this podcast. With our chief science officers program, we've noticed a trend that our sixth through 12th graders participating in our program, actually, we have a higher number of female participants, which is crucial for, like you said, those diverse conversations about how you solve problems differently. Even just the three of us in this room, we analyze a problem completely differently, but we're all willing to share our ideas and collaborate. But having the space to say, I'd like to hear what your idea is, is so crucial for women and not just in STEM, but any workplace, because as we continue on in the 21st century, all workforce places have some sort of STEM interaction. So kind of thinking about, at the beginning, you talked about um, the variety of careers at Cox Communications. Not only are you um, a communications provider, but you also have graphic design. So you can be artistic, but also in a digital format. So really kind of thinking outside of the box when you merge your interest with something that could be your pathway to a career um, is something that we're really excited to collaborate with, not only your organization, but community partners and individuals even in the community to really highlight that everything has its place. And, you know, getting a variety of different people at the table is going to produce the best results. We're kind of talking a little bit about the community and focusing on the engagement in STEM. In previous years, right during the SciTech Festival, we've had different opportunities in the community. Are there any specific type of events or engagement opportunities that you would like to see in 2023 from your not only maybe your employees but maybe your community members or even at your community organizations or the schools in your area are there any suggestions or thoughts that as you know representing Cox today that you might want to see happen in your community it's such
0: a core value to what we do volunteerism is such it's just a part of our DNA as a corporation We built 500 circuitry and solar science kits for the Boys and Girls Club recently and also helped them install solar panels. We've built Raspberry Pi computers uh, with grade school children and some of our leaders for those children to be able to take it home to be able to enhance their education. And it happened right before COVID. So our timing was spot on. It wasn't (laughs) intentional, but um, our timing was really good on that. Supporting the hour of code. I don't know if that's something that you have worked with before, but you know just introducing tens of millions of students to
1: mm-hmm. to computer science. So it's that's our whole theme for December. Yeah. <laughs> computer science <laughs> Ed month. Yep. That's great. But it's it girl talk
0: is great. Um, we work with them to help girls be inspiring leaders. Part of the showing, you know, showing girls that we do have successful STEM leaders here at Cox. Um, we've done outdoor learning labs with Outtech game development, which always is a huge hit with our internal developers. They always have fun with that, um, with the urban arts partnership, but we, I, I think anything you can do is so important. I mean, since I was a little girl taking stuff apart and trying to put it back together was my thing. I can always get it back together. Right. If I'm
1: being a hundred (laughs) percent, but,
0: um, I get it close, um, or keep trying until I figured it out. One of the two, but I think just sometimes. Girls don't even have the opportunity to try those things. And I think there's a crazy statistic um, that has always stuck with me that boys and girls are equal performance wise in math in third grade. But boys are like, oh, yeah, I just missed a couple. And girls are like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad at this. And by fourth grade, that math stigma has already kicked in. And by the time they get to high school, they don't think they're good at math, even though they're getting A's and B's in the classes. Mm-hmm. So I think there's so much that we can do to continue to expose students to ways that math can help them every day. I've never had to prove two stop signs congruent. However, (laughs) um, the upper level math is super helpful when you're trying to calculate uh, HVAC and airflow.
1: I giggle. I was a sixth grade math teacher, but (laughs) um, you're absolutely right. And even parents our parents would come to parent teacher nights or our academic parent teacher team nights and we'd showcase data we have to advocate for all that math is it's important and everybody can do math but i had many parents that would kind of be like it's okay she doesn't need to know math and I'm like wait a minute wait a mm-hmm. minute let's let's actually encourage her she is getting a b and i'd love to see her get an a so i think that that's a really staggering statistic and very disheartening, but I can, you know, relate myself. I dropped calculus in high school because I didn't want it to ruin my GPA. I was afraid of getting bad grades and I was fine, but there was no reason for me to stay in that class with all boys and work super duper hard when I was already getting my Regis diploma and accepted to college. So it definitely is something I think that's better And thinking about those statistics, right? When I was in high school, 34%. So, I mean, we're approaching 50%. I just worry about how long it's going to take. And especially, as you mentioned, that pandemic pushback, of you know students really struggling socially emotionally of you know really reaching their best potential, but together to keep it back on the upswing the positive mm-hmm. note like let's do some cool things. I'm curious. I would love to do. Um, I know the Cox Foundation has done breakfast for grantees in the past, but what if we did like a girls in STEM breakfast or um, had you as a keynote? I think you're so dynamic and you know kind of highlighting maybe a few other females in your organization that would like to meet other, maybe our chief science officers or a girls STEM club. We have one out in Dysart. Um, One of our CSOs, Camille, she has girls in STEM club. And so she's working with, I believe, fifth graders to kind of encourage them to stick with it. So just a kind of a thought, throw it out there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be great. And I am certainly not the only female STEM leader at Cox by a long shot. So I'm sure I could find some friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We'll wringle in uh, Roxanne too.
2: Absolutely. So, I'm wondering, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Cox's engagement in the community, but I'm wondering if you can share if families or students want to learn more, how might they get connected?
0: So, they can certainly look at our website, right? Um, Cox.com. We have information about our products and services as well, but also um, about our community engagement. So, there's lots of information out there for people. And then we're always out in the community too at various community events. So, we're pretty easy to find.
1: So one of my final question, I think we're heading toward the end of the conversation, but it's been so exciting and I feel like I got us a little off task, but (laughs) it's nice to chat. I'm curious about if you did have this opportunity to talk to eighth graders, what would you say to encourage them to consider not only Cox Communication, but even your role? What is it about your career or your current position that could be a pathway for somebody trying to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their life, right? What What would you say to those eighth graders?
0: Yeah, I, I will say don't feel like you have to get it right the first time.
1: Oh, goodness, My mother was
0: absolutely 100% convinced I was going to be a teacher. I made it through a semester and decided that that was not my passion by any stretch of the imagination. Teachers are amazing people, but it just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I think sometimes women and girls put so much pressure on themselves to be nice and get it right the first time and not rock the boat You know, one of the benefits of women leaders in STEM roles and any other role is, right, better problem solving through collaboration. It's not necessarily a command decision. It's it's talking to people and building high trust cultures and just being able to help develop people and motivate others. And that really gets you a good, well-rounded team that's able to speak up. And not that men can't do it. But I think there's a, I I think it's just a natural thing for women. So I think you have to be afraid. You can't be afraid to try. You have to be willing to try and you're not going to get it perfect every time. And so just being willing to put yourself out there and try new things. My first job out of grad school was being an Oracle Linux DBA, building a database for a meat processing and packaging company. I had no idea what I was doing. By the Mm -hmm. time I finished, I was certified in Oracle. I could do Linux, you know, while I was half asleep in the middle of the night. Um, And that really lent me to understand how software was developed. Mm -hmm. And then that allowed me to move into program and product management. And then that really just started my um, career as a leader. But with, but understanding, you don't have to know exactly how to do the job that your people are doing, but having a general understanding, I think is really, really important. And um, it provides you a lot of credibility. But I think my best advice is, is go for it. Even if you mess it up, you're going to learn something. And then you're going to know whether you like coding or not. I, it wasn't my favorite thing. So, but I love engineering because it's a problem that needs to get solved. So you just kind of have to find what fits with your talents.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of Talking about those pathways into different careers and exploring different careers, I'm wondering if you have any ideas on how how we can encourage educators to share those opportunities with future employees, with students who are in the classroom today, and how we can all kind of support those conversations to STEM and to tech and to Cox Communications.
0: Well, I think podcasts like this are great, right? It's just, (laughs) we'll share it out. it's really finding ways to connect with the audience, right? I've done some talks for the Arizona Science Center as well with third and fourth grade girls and junior high girls as well for their science camps over the summer. And last year when I did that, we calculated HVAC as part of the, the geo houses that they built. So it was like a very hands-on application of how you can use STEM in your daily life. But I think it's really just finding opportunities. I think the longer I'm in my career, the more, I would love to share my story with people and help them understand how I got here. So maybe I can save them some steps along the way, or if not, at least show them, you know, what's possible.
1: That's great. Well, we'll definitely be reaching out to you after the podcast uh, to let you know more about our digital STEM career days and sharing, you know, like you said, your story, the path does not have to be perfect. And I even encourage failure. I tell our CSOs all the time, fail fast. Fail forward, fail often, but fail smart. Learn from it, please. (laughs) To our listeners, we definitely encourage you to get involved in the STEM community. Maybe you're an industry professional seeking ways to make an impact on the lives of others, but need an opportunity to share your experiences or attend an event to volunteer. Maybe you're a student searching for a mentor or a pathway to STEM. Maybe you're a community collaborator hoping to meet the right people to make a wink-wink Arizona SciTech Festival event happen in your community. We want to help you get connected. I wanted to ask you to share your final thoughts and one way listeners can get in contact with you. Well, I really
0: appreciate the opportunity. This has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it very, very much. So I think anytime you can share information on STEM, as I said earlier, it's it's a good conversation. So thank you for the opportunity and uh, I am available on LinkedIn.
1: All right. We will definitely share that out. I know for those of you that are listening later, you can find our information on our website. Thank you for joining us for this episode of STEM Unplugged. We appreciate all of our listeners and, of course, our special guests today for being on the show. If you'd like more information on ways to volunteer or support SciTech Institute, please let us know. Check out our website, sciTechInstitute.org and complete the Get Involved form. A quick shout out to all of those educators, students, families, and community members gearing up for the 2023 Arizona SciTech Festival season. We appreciate your enthusiasm for STEM in Arizona. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Kelly Green, and we'd be glad to discuss how you can get connected. Thank you for joining us for this episode of STEM Unplugged. We encourage you to get involved in the STEM community and stay connected at scitechinstitute.org.